guys are so well evangelized. As I was reading this gospel, I looked up at many of your faces. I can do that because this gospel is so amazing and famous, and uh, we all are mostly familiar with this. And I was saying, as I was reading what Jesus was saying to Peter, you are Peter, and upon this rock I build my church. Half of you were like, <laughs> you're so well evangelized, because you get the significance of that. You get the significance. So let's let's understand first the significance of the season, the season of the sanctification of the church, not the season of autumn, the liturgical season, the season of the sanctification of the church. So now our minds are considering the very end, the very end. This didn't happen yet in our chronological time. What the season focuses on did not happen yet. This part happens when the second coming takes place and Jesus separates the goat from the sheep and the church is welcomed into heaven. There's the bride, right? The church is the bride, and there's a marriage feast between Jesus and the church. And the church is sanctified. She's got the crown placed on her head, and she's sanctified. She's elevated. So that's what we focus on. That's what we're thinking about. This is one of my favorite seasons. I love this season. Uh, it's just so rich in imagery. There's different imagery, like I said, the church is the bride. Even during Egyptian prayer, different last night. The Shamasha walk in like a bride walking in in procession representing the church. There's so many things to consider. And the different weeks of this season focus on different aspects of the church. Today in particular focuses on the authority of the church. The authority of the church. I, I love this sense. Um, I remember when I was doing a pilgrimage to Italy. This was in 2015. And I was taking a group with me. And sometimes, oftentimes, the groups really tire me out. And so there was a particular moment where I was going into St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican. And I was going to get ready for Mass. And this was a Mass that I was able to be privileged to serve in, where I was sitting at like the main altar all the way at the end of the basilica, like, you know, the Holy Spirit window where that is. But as I was sitting in the sacristy, the sacristy is where the priests change. There's all these guards there, no one can enter, protecting the, the sacredness of that room. I finally got a moment of silence. I finally got a moment of like repose to sit back and just take a breather away from my loud group. So I got to sit down and I just, you know, just share with you this personal grace. I just was able to sense like St. Peter Basilica if the whole church is the body, that's the heart. And as a priest who was blessed to share the authority and the ministry of the church, I just had this sense of like, you know, all of the veins, all the arteries go to the heart, right? That's the central unit. And I just felt all the grace of the church just infusing me, recharging me as a priest. And every time I get to go there, I get that same sense. It's like a renewal of my priesthood. Because I really believe in the authority of the church. I really believe that's the heart. And, and that's uh, something we need. And it's something so beautiful. Of recent uh, times, maybe in the past eight years, there's a weird movement coming about. And I'm sure most of you have heard of it. I, I like Jesus but not religion movement. And I just want to kind of address that. I've heard that even from our community in this very church, actually. And I think it's worth addressing. Uh, there's many reasons why 
I think somebody would feel that way. Maybe they could be upset at um, some hypocrisy in the church, or maybe they could just say that they weren't fed at a certain church spiritually. There's different reasons. Maybe somebody could say, you know, this doesn't agree with my political leaning, so let's just kind of go rogue. They'll say, I just love Jesus. And just a little bit of an apologetics we're going to do here. We're going to focus on how you address that, and that is in our very gospel of today. There's only two times in all four gospels that Jesus says the word church. The first time is in today's gospel, when he says to Peter, I will, upon this rock, upon you, Peter, I do it kappa, with it I be kappa, I will build my church. Okay, that's the first time you hear the word church. Jesus says directly to one of the apostles, On you I will build my church. The other time that we hear the word church was actually in last week's gospel, funny enough. Last week's gospel that we read in Mass. Oh, I don't know if the whole thing was read in this Mass, but Jesus is saying, if you have a problem between you and your brother, you tell them your fault, their fault. If there's still an issue, you bring someone with you, you tell them what they're doing is wrong. If there's still an issue, you tell the church. And if there's still an issue, you let them be as a tax collector or a Gentile. Then Jesus says this line. This is the very important line. He says this line right after that, and he just said it today in the Gospel today. He says this to the apostles. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Both times Jesus uses the word church. He intended a church that's associated with authority. It's associated with authority and hierarchy. A visible authority. He gives his charge to the apostles. And in Peter, he doesn't just get the power to bind and loose. Peter gets the keys. He gets the keys, a sign of greater authority, of primacy. He's first in the line of authority. So, I know you know this, which is why you're nodding your heads. I think it's important to reinforce that. But more importantly, I'm just going to say, I love the fact that the church has it. I'm not talking about because I'm a priest and I have authority. I love it because I need that authority in my life. Without that guidance, without that maternal care and direction, I would be lost. I can't presume to say to myself, I have it all figured out. The first reading of Isaiah is one of my favorite readings of the Old Testament. That was actually on my card when I became a priest, that reading. Isaiah knows his sinfulness. He saw a vision of God. And he said, I'm done. I'm doomed. Woe is me. And then God sent an angel to take a coal from the altar and put it on his lips and he was purified. Only God can give authority to us sinners and lead us. Like We, we need something greater to lead us. On our own, we are in trouble. And so I just, really, it's a simple message today. I want us to consider how much of an act of mercy and love God has given us in giving us the church. In giving us uh, a, a guidepost, a divine guidepost, a mother of mercy. 
cares for us, feeds us in the sacraments, and feeds us in understanding what parameters we have theologically, where I can go. Is this, is this all right? Is this okay to do a church? No, it's not. Okay, thank you for letting me know. This is such a great gift. It's such a great design. And I, for one, am so grateful for it. So today's homily is an exhortation. It's, a, it's, a, it's an encouragement to say, wow, we are so blessed to have the church. We're so blessed to have that authority, that Jesus gave this authority to Peter and the apostles and their, their uh, successors. So I want us to consider that today. We'll pray for the leaders of the church especially. And we'll pray as we're in this Mass with greater confidence that the church has been given authority, that that's present here in this church. And because of that, we're going to be able to truly experience Jesus himself in the Eucharist. So we'll just take that moment of just joy, of consideration and gratitude to God for this gift. Amen. Amen.